Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Offline Gamer. And this episode we've got something a little bit different. We are joined by a special guest. It's author Steve D, aka Steve Dinning, who recently kickstarted the 2022 edition of his book, Ticket to Carcassonne, 21st Century Tabletop Games. Steve, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. That's no problem at all. Um, I'll, I'll ask you the first question we uh, always ask our guests on this show. What is your background in board gaming? When did you become a tabletop gamer? Um, I think I always have been a tabletop gamer. I think I started the same way that everyone else did, which was playing with your parents and um, my sister. I was very lucky to have a, a sister who's um, more or less the same age as me, and she likes games as well, and we used to play each other a lot. Um, I think uh, I remember playing um, Stratego and Buccaneer were our two favourite games, which are not two of the more common ones. People normally mention, I think, uh, Monopoly and Cluedo, perhaps. Obviously, I did play those, but um, I do remember enjoying Stratego, which is a a war game, if you like, with um, hidden pieces, so you don't know what piece you're attacking. And uh, Buccaneer, which is a, a pirate game, where you move um, pirate ships around the board and try and get gold and rubies and things. Um, then I remember um, Lose Your Shirt was another one that we really enjoyed, a horse racing game. No, I see you're looking blank. It's, no, I don't, I've not come across that one. It's, it's, a, it's a really obscure one, but it was so much fun. You, you have all these little plastic horses that you move up and down the track and you've got to bet on them. But, of course, you can influence who wins as well. Um, it's a bit like, uh, reminds me a little bit of Downforce, or Downforce reminds me a bit of this, you know, with the whole, with the, the car racing yeah. game. Uh, I've just uh, looked it up on BGG. Oh, yes, I see. Oh, it's, it's a great game. We used to play that all the time. And um, Risk as well. Um, but then I, I, I got into Magic in a big way, Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Um, and then I got, I got rather hooked on that. And... Uh, um, and then didn't play board games for a while until um, I, I stopped. I had a sort of 10-year break while I have having a family. And um, then when my daughter reached a certain age, I started to look for board games to play with her. And I found Ticket to Ride. Yeah. And once I got playing Ticket to Ride, that's it. I was hooked on the hobby and got into all the modern games. As soon as I discovered that people had been creating new games, I went out and watched all the YouTube videos and... Uh, all the different recommendations and i bought all the games the difficulty of course was just finding someone to play with yes my daughter i exhausted my daughter's patience <laughs> she played a few times and then said, that's enough dad now thank you so i had to go and find other people and um and that and that's partly why i wrote the book to be honest was because i couldn't find people to play with <laughs> and i wanted to do something to do with board gaming so i uh i thought i'll, I'll, I'll write about it instead that's not the other way around. People run out with people to find, and then they make their own gamers. You made your own gamers, and then you, you know, then you started looking for other people. So, I, I guess I did. Yes. <laughs> so um, you've touched on on the book. So that was going to be my next question. You, why did you decide to write this book about games? You, you've obviously already mentioned why main uh, one of the reasons, but I'm guessing you were an author before you um, you wrote this, this particular book. I'd written a couple of other books. Yeah, um, I, I still I wrote some children's books. Um, when my daughter was very little, uh, I wrote um, some sort of rhyming, um, sort of in the style of Julia Donaldson type um, poetry books. Uh, I wrote some of those for my for my kids, 
Um, and then I wrote uh, another another book, a, a memoir. Um, I have a, a disabled son, and um, I wrote a book about what it was like to bring him up, mm. uh, which uh, doesn't doesn't sound funny, but it it was meant <laughs> it was funny. I was told it was funny. It's a comedy book. Uh, he is a um, very funny character, and uh, after I'd written that, that was that was about the time I, I got into the board gaming, and I, I just felt compelled. I wanted to write another book, and I also wanted to do something to do with board gaming. So the two mm-hmm. seemed to be the obvious match. Um, I think um, I wrote the first edition. I wrote too early. Uh, I was still quite new to the hobby when I wrote it, um, but I was just convinced somebody else was going to write the book that I wanted to write so I sort of rushed it a bit and I wanted to um I wanted to write it before anybody else wrote it really I saw saw you read a a copy of it which version is it Uh, so the version I've got is I guess the second one because it says revised 2017 yeah so the first edition that I wrote was um really very focused on uh five gateway games in particular uh um and I guess the second edition as well, since you're nodding. Uh, and then eventually, I think in about 2018 or 2019, I revised the whole thing and introduced a whole lot more genres. Um, yeah, yeah, I wrote it too early, the first one, if I'm honest. You say that, but I mean, I read it and uh, I thought, um, I mean, I, I guess this is the second edition, but uh, I thought uh, it was really, I thought it was really good. Uh, as someone who's played a lot of games over the last few years, there were still a lot of things in there that I that I learned. And also I thought it would, it would be great. This version that would be great, like you say, to introduce people to a few of the, the games that you'd mentioned. So yeah, the, the core, I guess the uh, structure of the book is based around these five gateway games where you go into details about the games themselves, but then also give some strategic hints on how were uh, on how people can play them. Yes. I thought it was, was quite interesting. Do you keep the, um, I haven't read the, the, late, the later editions. No, I, I got some feedback from people who, who read the earlier editions who said that they weren't that keen on the okay. strategy bits because they, um, you know, if they, if they weren't playing those particular games, they, they weren't that interested. Okay. I, I read that people told me they'd be more interested in a, a sort of general overview of the hobby with lots more games. And, and so that's what I did. So I, I took that out. Um, I did one of the games in the, in there was um, Carcassonne, and I did actually write a separate book about Carcassonne. So the strategy guide that I started in Ticket to Carcassonne, yeah. uh, I uh, I took that out and fleshed it out and wrote a, a separate book about the game of Carcassonne itself. So I've written um, a couple of strategy guides already. I wrote one on Hive as well. And, yes, uh, I saw I saw that in the um, yeah the um, intro yeah the, uh, the book. Hive is a uh, is a great game, and uh, a lot deeper than I think a lot of people give it credit for being. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved I loved I used to play it all the time. Strangely, since I wrote the book about Hive, I don't feel the urge to play it quite so much anymore. <laughs> it's as though you know the itch has been scratched and. Uh, it's the same with Carcassonne. I don't play Carcassonne quite as much as I used to after I wrote the book as well. But um, yeah, they, they were fun to write. I, just, I don't know. I just felt compelled to write it really. So when I got into the hobby, and I I got really enthusiastic about the hobby when I first got into it. Oh, I think everyone was, goes for that stage. Yeah, I just I sort of wanted to share it with people. I wanted to get the book out there so that other people would would experience what I experienced. And so I wrote what I thought would be a, a good introduction to somebody yeah. who was sort of new to the hobby. And yeah, and that's what, and so I picked five of the biggest 
entry games that the ones that I first got into. Um, but as I say, the later editions, I, I decided to move away from that and uh, covered a lot more categories now. I guess we both got into gaming around the same time then, because 2015 was my sort of reintroduction to the world of board gaming. And but my inclination was to do a podcast, not write a book. So, well, it's the <laughs> yeah, same thing, isn't we it? Had similar things. Yeah, yeah, you just you want to do something creative, and yeah. uh, um, I don't know, a podcast that sounds difficult. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason I only do one a month. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, but um, yeah, writing. As I said, I'd already I'd already done a bit of writing, and I yeah. knew what I was doing, and I I enjoy writing. You know, I, I can't paint and I can't sing, so um, so I write instead, and uh, and it, it just seemed like a good fit for me. Yeah, I'd already done a podcast before this one. I used to uh, co-host a Star Trek podcast, so um, I guess that's why. And when when Ray, my co-host, mentioned that they wanted to uh, do a podcast um, about war games and because they knew I'd done this one. It was just like a Star Trek one. It was sort of a natural natural progression. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I'm a massive Trekkie, which I gather you are as well from some of the comments in the, yes. in the book. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I certainly was. Um, Next Generation was my era. Oh, same here, mate. And I absolutely loved The Next Generation. I thought it was the um, greatest show of the decade. Um, I'm less keen on the later series, I think, yeah. Yeah, Discovery is a bit uh, hit and miss. I do mm. like Picard, um, but I know that's been quite polarising online as well. I enjoyed so. bits of Picard, yeah. I like I like the bits that were more like the next generation. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, watched any of season two yet? Not yet, no, I'm saving that. Okay. Yeah. I'm saving that so I can binge watch it all in one go because they're, they're releasing it in bits at the moment, aren't they? They are, yeah. I'm but I will be watching it, more. it, definitely. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it definitely has a lot more elements of TNG in it, I think. Uh, I definitely recommend it. That sounds promising. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go back. Let's ask for better continue talking about board games and let's uh, get <laughs> off the Star Trek tangent. Um, one of the things I did I did um, want to mention about the book is the is the sense of humour. Um, we I, I think we've got a very similar sense of humour because there are a lot of little comments and things in the book that uh, did make me laugh out loud. Do you... Do you try to bring, uh, I'm guessing that's similar to how you are in real life. Um, do you try to bring out your own real life sense of humor in your writing or is this oh, sort of like yeah. completely, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I revised, I revised the book every year. Uh, yeah. So every year I pick it up having not looked at it for a year and I read it through and every year as I'm reading it through, I, I make myself laugh and I think, <laughs> I think this writer has got exactly the same sense of humor that I've got. I read, <laughs> but I don't know whether anyone else, I mean, you say you share. Oh, I do. Yeah. yeah. I, not I appreciate does. it greatly. But um, it is a, it is a British sense of humor and oh, yes. uh, I know not everybody, um, not everybody shares that sense of humor. I've had a few, I get a few comments actually. I've had a, more than one um, review that says um, some of the humour is uh, awkward or out of place, but they never tell me which bit. <laughs> they never tell me which bit they think is out of place. So uh, I don't know what to do about that, but um, I do my best. <laughs> I make myself laugh, so that's what I said. Anyone else is a bonus? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I'm telling you about these negative reviews in in the interview. <laughs> I'm sure the positive ones outweigh the negative ones. I do I'm get quite a lot of positive ones, yes. There you the, go. the ones that I like best, the reviews I like best, are the ones that tell me that um, that they've got into gaming as a result of it. So they'll say, I did enjoy reading the book, and um, 
uh, before before I read your book, I wasn't really a gamer, but now I've got loads of great ideas, and I'm going to go out and buy all these different games and join my local game club. And um, I'm sure I've made, um, well, I don't know how many, but I'm sure I've made a, a number of gamers. Apart from the the ones that I've literally made, I've also uh, <laughs> fairly sure I've figuratively made one or two gamers as well over the years. Yeah, you should try getting some royalties off some of the game manufacturers. Maybe you can convince them. Oh, look, I've got these people to buy your games. Um, it's worth a try, I suppose. Yeah. Um, okay, I thought we'd have a chat about because obviously the, the I, before this I reread the uh, the old version and I thought we'd uh, sort of just have a quick chat about the five games that you chose originally to base the the book around. Yeah, sure. Um, so you uh, just to let people know what they are. So we went with Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne, Pandemic, very topical these days, hmm. uh, Stone Age, and Dominion. So you said that they were the sort of big games that you were playing when you were when you decided to read read the book. You've obviously already. Hmm mentioned that Ticket to Ride was the uh, the first one that got you back into the hobby and then Carcassonne that not soon after but Pandemic Stone Age and, and Dominion we haven't we haven't touched on yet so um yeah let's just go through them also Pandemic um was that your first sort of cooperative game that you were uh, that you can remember I think it was the second actually I think I played um Forbidden Island first okay um but um I mean, they're basically the same game. Actually, I don't know whether you've played Forbidden Island, but they're, oh, yes, played, played they're by the same person. And um, Forbidden Island is, is basically a sort of junior version of Pandemic. They're very yeah. very similar mechanics. Um, but um, I, so when I when I wanted to write the book, I um, I did a bit of research. You know, I went on the internet to find out what were the five because I knew which games I'd enjoyed playing, but I, I wanted to get the five big ones really. Yeah. And um, Pandemic leapt out as being one of the top five, um, especially with it being a bit different to the others, being a cooperative game. Um, I did enjoy playing it. Yeah, I really... I used to play a lot in my lunch breaks at work. Um, I had a group of people that I worked with, and we used to hire a... Um, uh, hire? Uh, book a meeting room. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'd go off on our lunch break and, and play, and, and Pandemic used to fit very nicely in that yeah. one-hour slot that we had. And yeah, I remember some great, some great games of that. The um, I prefer Forbidden Desert to uh, Forbidden Island, but I mean Forbidden Island is a great, is a great gateway game. Mm. Have you played um, the new, the new one, Forbidden Forbidden Skies? I haven't actually. I've, I've played Forbidden Desert once or twice. Um, it is, it is, it's a good game, but no, I, did, I didn't play the new one. No. Uh, next up is Stone Age, which is um, a little bit more complex than. Um, than some of the others, yes. uh, I guess. Um, but it's still a, a decent gateway game. But um, yeah, definitely not one for the younger, uh, the younger audience. I would, I would think. Um, it's um, it's a worker placement game. So it's yeah. it was it was my first experience of worker placement. Okay. Uh, I think I got the idea from um, Will Wheaton's show, um, which was tabletop. Uh, he, the way he played it, it just it just, I watched him play it, and it just seemed unlike any other game I'd ever seen before. Anything, I hadn't seen anything like that, and I had to go and get it. And that was one that my daughter did play with me. She, oh, okay. um, she was only, she must have been about nine or ten at the time. So wow. um, I was very impressed at how quickly she learned it. But after she'd played it half a dozen times, she didn't want to play it anymore. Um, <laughs> that was when I had to go off and find other people to play with. But she did, yeah, yeah she really got into it. I don't think, I think of the five games that I chose, I think perhaps that's the least famous one. Yeah. Um, 
but I had to include it just because it was all about worker placement and I wanted to talk about worker placement and um, it it's probably not even the most famous work early worker placement game is it there's probably um, probably not well, Pillars of the Earth maybe see. or oh, that might or be Agricola it. But oh, they're yeah. a bit heavier. They're they're more heavy games, and I think at that point I hadn't actually played Agricola either, so it would have been a bit uh, ambitious of me to write a chapter about. I've never played it actually. Have so. you not? Oh, it's really no. good. <laughs> I hear lots of good things about it, and uh, a gaming group I used to um, go to. Had, there was a guy who literally would bring it with him and play it every chance he got. But uh, yeah, yeah, I never I never got around to it. No, I really like it. And uh, last of all is the uh, the. the the behemoth of a deck building that is Dominion. <laughs> Dominion. So um, when I uh, when I was writing the book the first time, I I wanted to do five chapters just because it's a round number, and um, I easily picked out Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne, and Pandemic as being the three big gateway games, and then I chose Stone Age for reasons I've mentioned. Yeah. And I, I, I went around looking for a fifth one. I didn't know what the fifth one was going to be. I hadn't actually played Dominion at that point. Um, so I, as I said, I did the research to find out what the what the fifth biggest one was, and everyone told me it was Dominion. So I went out and bought it, and um, I think persuaded a few people to play with me, and and then had to write a chapter about it. <laughs> so so in fact, the book, uh, although the intention of the book was to get other people into gaming, it actually got me into gaming more because I had to go out and learn all about Dominion. Yeah, and I loved it. It's a really really good game. And I spent hours learning all the strategy for it, playing it over and over, and played a lot in my lunch break at work with the, with that group, um, and and eventually managed to cobble together a, a um, strategy guide for it. And I and I interviewed uh, Donald as well, the the creator of of Dominion. There's an interview with him in the book. Yes. So um, let's talk about Kickstarter and and crowdfunding then. So. Um, as you say, you've you've been revising the book every year for the last few years, but um, this year you decided to do a Kickstarter campaign for the uh, revised edition. So what what made you do that? And um... it, it was really just to, to um, just so that people would find out it was it was there. As I say, I've been doing it every year, and every year when I re-release it, I get a, a trickle of sales. Um, just because nobody knows it exists, I think really I'm not very good yeah. at marketing. Um, this is the first. This is the first marketing <laughs> I've ever done, actually. Um, but I, I realised that I check Kickstarter all the time for new things, and I thought if I went on Kickstarter and told people it was there, maybe people who didn't know it existed might find out about it. And um, I put the price really quite low for it, um, and I, I did it as a um, an electronic version. I did just as a PDF, so that it wasn't too much hard work. It's not the first Kickstarter book I've ever done. Actually, I did a um, another book which was a collection of short stories and I did do that as a physical um, kickstart and uh, when I had to um, fulfill those pledges I had uh, had huge boxes of huge cardboard boxes full of hundreds of copies of the book uh, that I had to then put into envelopes and take down to the post office and and send out and it was exhausting and the most stressful bit was um, seeing the expression on the on the woman's face behind me in the queue at the post office when I had these two bin bags full of um, full of books that I had to post and and, and she just, she wasn't happy at all and I thought I I think the next time I do this I thought well, I'll I'll do it electronically so I, I just did it as a PDF. 
Yeah, and but, anyone that wants the physical copy can uh, can just use that's Amazon. That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah. Sell it, advertise it as a as an electronic copy, and then if anybody wants to buy a, a physical copy of the book, it's on Amazon. So. But yeah, it did. It worked. I sold more copies on Kickstarter than than I would have done if I just um, put it on Amazon and, okay. and not publicised it. And you probably wouldn't be interviewing me on your podcast if uh, that is if true. I just that is silently true. released it on Amazon as well. So you had two hundred and thirty-two backers on the uh, the last project, uh, which is yeah. which is pretty good going. Yeah. So I've got the I've got the uh, I've actually I actually brought up the um, previous one because I was going to ask you about that as well. Tabletop Tales. A fun and entertaining collection of short stories themed around tabletop gaming, written by gamers for gamers. So, uh, so yeah, how did this one come about? The same, same motivation really. I, I wanted to combine my um, love of board games with my sort of creative urge to write something, uh, write a short story. Um, I, I, it was another one of those things that I noticed no one else was doing. There were no, there was no. I wanted to. I, I think I wanted to read a book about board games. I, I was looking for something to read and I mm. searched the internet for a book, uh, some sort of fiction that I could read and there was nothing. So uh, the idea got in my head and once the idea got in my head, it wouldn't leave me alone until yeah. I, until I did it. So, um, so I think I wrote, I wrote two stories, uh, two short stories with a, with a theme about board games and I advertised somewhere. I forget where I advertised now. Where did I advertise? Um, I can't remember what I did. I, I I remember that I put an advert in a writing magazine. I I was subscribing to um to a, a British writers magazine at, at one point, and I put an advert in there saying, "Are are there any writers who are also board gamers? Um, contact me here." And um, I must have put an advert somewhere else as well, but I can't remember where it was now. That's <laughs> all right. But uh, yeah, I got a I got a um a, a couple of dozen people contact me with with short stories and I read through them all that was another reason I wanted to do it actually because I, I got to read all the stories that way as well <laughs> so I fulfilled my own um, ambition which my my, my own um, desire which was to to read about um, other people to read what other people had written about short stories so I got to read all of those and then I sort of picked the best uh, eight and and put them in this book um, with with two that I'd written and um, and put it on Kickstarter and yeah, and that got funded as well, and um, it got it got some 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 quite good reviews, and yeah, I was, I was happy to have done it. Is that still is that book still available? It is. It's on Amazon. Yes, okay. it, is. it is. Okay. But again, it's not something that I've marketed particularly well, so uh, it's not. Um... I think I know what I'm doing after this interview. That's. <laughs> jumping on Amazon and getting a copy because uh, yeah it wasn't until I saw that uh, on your profile that uh, I realized that was uh, that was it as well so yeah I'll definitely be uh, getting a copy of that as well and that was in 20 when, when did you do that one 2018 was that uh, that's yeah that sounds about right yeah and the uh, the artwork on the front of the book is very similar to the ticket to Gog someone who who does the artwork for the, uh, the book um it it was um, it was a lady I found on the internet, uh, and I when I did I, I thought she did such a good job of the first book that I asked her to do the second book as well. I've, I've never actually met her. Um, okay. She uh, yeah I, I told her what I wanted and um, and she did a fantastic job I think. Yeah, that, that really good. For those who, who can't who haven't seen it, the the first one, Ticket to Gargasson, is a train with a meeple with a little travel bag next to him or her or them I guess. 
And uh, tabletop tales I particularly like. It's a maple sitting down in front of a fireplace reading a book. Yeah. Which I think is very cute. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, the Ticket to Carcassonne front cover, I don't know whether you realise, but the train on that is very much modelled on the train from Ticket to Ride. Of course it is. Oh, yeah, that completely went over yeah. my head. I, I showed her a picture of the box of um, Ticket to Ride, and, uh, and so there's a meeple flagging it down as it goes past. Oh, that's awesome. Those are very much the two favourite games. So that sort of ticket, ticket to Carcassonne became my sort of brand. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it's a good it's a good uh, little play on words. I, I, yeah. And as, as you say, when you were searching the internet and looking for a, game, a book about games and didn't find one, I did find one and found your books. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's, it's, there are a few yeah. now, actually, in the last few years. Yeah. There's... Um, there's a there's a company that's created uh, that's released about seven or eight of them all in all in the series now all based on um on um games i've read one myself quite recently i read the one about the, the one that was based on um arkham horror uh which is really it's really just it's really just a lovecraft book <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay i'll give that a miss yeah, I mean, I, it's, I, it's i'm fine. not i'm not keen on the whole lovecraft no. thing and i think it's overused but I'm, Fair you know, enough. that's a discussion for another time yes well i hadn't i hadn't read um I'd, I'd read some lovecraft quite a lot of lovecraft actually but i had never read any sort of post lovecraft i've never read any modern mythos tales and i wanted to try one so i, I read that one and it is supposedly based on arkham horror but to me, it just it just seemed like a Lovecraft book. But there's other I forget which of the games they are now. But there are there's a series of them. I can't, okay. you might, can you remember? Do you know what, do you know what I'm referring to? There is um. Uh, I va- I think I vaguely heard people talking about it, but I've not seen any of the books. Myself, yeah. So. Yeah, but anyway, they're the they're only... out there now. Okay. But I, other, I like to think I other... was first. Yeah. <laughs> the only other board game books I've got are the ones called the board game book, which is the big one with um, information about. Or recent games, which which have been on Kickstarter. Oh, is that the the big, the red, the one? big one? Uh, there's a, the first one was blue, the second one was red. By yeah. uh, by, oh, I forgot I to tell you. I'll, let me just. Uh, this is going to be thrilling audio content for everyone. <laughs> uh, this is by um, uh, Owen Duffy, Matt Thrower. Matt Thrower, that's who I was thinking of. Yes, yeah. that's the, yes, I've got, I've got that one as well. Yes. Yes, that's a good book. That that's his very different style of books. Yeah, his and mine. That's a big, that's a big coffee table book with lots of beautiful photographs. And um, uh, mine is mine is a little paperback that you would yeah. uh, you would read on the train. Um, yeah, I mean both good books in their own right, but yeah, as you say, very different uh, styles. And yeah, this is more of a sort of catalogue of common uh, of popular games, isn't it? Rather than a uh, mm. rather than it's very nice to look at though. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about um, board game things in, in general then. So are there any games that you're playing at the moment or have played recently that uh, you're very excited about and you'd like to tell people about? Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there always is. <laughs> there, yeah. Um, the last one, the last interesting game that I played, I think, was um, Halatau, which we were talking about Agricola earlier. Uh, it's it's by the it's by the creator of Agricola, uh, whose name is momentarily Uwe, Uwe, Uwe Rosenberg. Um, so he uh, created Agricola, and then he created Caverna, which was sort of um, the next one 
the, a sequel to Agricola, and this one, this one Halatau, uh, is uh, yet another uh, variation on the idea of farming, farming simulator. And uh, I played that for the first time about a week ago, and uh, I thought it was brilliant, real different to anything I've played before, and yet also familiar. So it's, it's not a very new game. Um, it, it's been out a year or so. I think I got it during the lockdown, and I just hadn't had a chance to play it because there was there was nobody was allowed in my house. So um, it, I, I played it for the first time recently, and yeah, I thought it was really good. Are you looking it up? Uh, yeah, I am. I've just got the BGG page up. Twenty twenty, it came out, and its uh, overall rank is two hundred and ninety two. So it's a very uh, yeah high, highly rated game. Eight point one out of ten. Uh, is what the score it's got. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, it. Nominated for the International Gamers Awards Solo and Multiplayer Awards, and the the twenty twenty Golden Geek Heavy Game of the Year nominee as well. Mm. Yeah, my tastes have have evolved a little bit since since those days when I used to like Ticket to Ride and Carcassonne. Uh, yeah. I, I now tend to play a lot heavier games. I, I still really enjoy the the Gateway games, but and I play them with my family and. If ever I need, if ever I get back to work and are able and are able to do a lunchtime game, then um, those will be the ones that I'll be playing. But the ones that get me really excited now are the slightly heavier ones. Okay, I know I, I tried playing Scythe a couple of years ago, and that was just about on the limit of what I would uh, what I could play. Um, maybe maybe after now that I've got a couple more years uh, uh, experience, maybe yeah, no, it's, it's quite a tricky one. That, yeah, no, I, I I like Scythe. I think it's really good. Um, but I guess, like you say, if you're going to be playing games on your lunch break, you need something that's uh, yes, be, yeah, and games like that, if they last in you know an hour and a half, two hours, they yes. can't, you can't really do that, can you? The game I want to play next is uh, is Root. I've ah. I I got the base game. I got the base version of Root um, about when when it first came out, which was a few years ago, and I played it three or four times. Really enjoyed it, uh, and then. During the lockdown, I can't remember whether I think I might have backed a Kickstarter campaign, or um, I also think there was there was some sort of error that was made, and I ended up somehow getting two expansions. Uh, I think maybe I ordered I I accidentally I accidentally bought two expansions. I didn't mean to buy them. I only meant to buy one, and um, I ended up with two expansions for Root, and I just haven't had the chance to play them yet. They're still in their cellophane, uh, and. Uh, I, every time I look at them, I, I feel guilty for some reason. <laughs> that I've wasted quite a lot of money on these games that I haven't bought yet. And um, so, th- so those are the ones that I'm keen to play next. Yeah, Router uh, is, again, the game I've not played, but I've heard excellent things about. So it's it's basically it's a war game in that you, you each control. This, it's a four-player game, potentially, and um, you each have different uh, factions. But the, the factions are uh, cute animals. So you've got um, cats and birds and woodland creatures, and I think there's a raccoon as well in the in the base game. And they're all sort of vying for dominance in this woodland area, and it's very good. And every side plays completely different. It's it's an asymmetric game, which means yeah. that each side, uh, the rules. The, the way that they work is completely different and the way that they win the game is completely different as well, which means that you have to teach the rules four times effectively when you yeah. teach it because you have to teach 
everyone is different. So you have to sort of, this is how you play and this is how you play and you go through them all. And of course, if you buy the expansion, then there's, there's different factions. Even I think there's th- three or four more factions in each expansion as well. So um, have to, to learn all those as well. There's a lot to learn yeah. if you want to try and teach people how to play board games. But it's a really good game. Really enjoy playing it. That those few times I did play it. Oh, it's definitely on my list. Um, again, it's a bit more on the complex side, but it, it does look really nice. Um, and there's a lot of it's, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of like, um, although for for years, like the, the dominant theme in uh, gaming was like just games about farming and and, and stuff like that. There seems to be last three or four years. There seems to have been a lot of games about like woodland creatures and uh, yes. And the outdoors and yeah. things like that. So, although I have just mentioned Halatau, which is uh, yeah, yeah, play, which is, is very much yeah. about farming, and milking I'm sheep. Like... Milking sheep for some reason features quite heavily oh, yeah, in yeah. Uh, Halatau. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but um, <laughs> that's a thing in there. Yeah, but yes, very. There are lots of very different themes. Um, so it used to be that uh, the American style games would have all the interesting themes, and. Um, and the Euro games would all be about farming and trading, but I think that's changed a lot now. And I think a lot of the Euro games, the the good, the games with the great mechanics, have, have now got great themes as well. A yeah. lot of them, anyway. You mentioned Scythe. That's a, that's a good example of. Um, uh, it's basically a Euro game, but it, it's got uh, it's got this amazing theme of um, it combines farming with uh, giant robots yeah. attacking each other. <laughs> You wouldn't think it would work, but it works no, really well. Dystopian yeah. future. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about the future. Do you have any plans? To, obviously, presumably, you'll be updating the book again next year. Well, I but guess have you got so. any more? Uh, <laughs> have you got any ideas for any other board game related books that you want to uh, get out of your uh, get out of your head? Or um, I'm um, so as, as I mentioned, I've, I've, I do write strategy guides as well. Uh, so I've written one about Hive, and I've written one about. Carcassonne. I suppose the obvious thing to do would be to, to write one about Ticket to Ride, Dominion, Stone Age and Pandemic <laughs> since I've already done half yeah. the work on that. But I don't I, you see, the thing about most of those is that there's so many expansions if I was to write a book about Ticket to Ride I'd have to, I'd, first of all I'd have to get really good at it and then I'd have to uh, learn about all the expansions as well and learn different tactics on all of those and I'm not sure I'm not sure I can face that. Um but you might have to uh, write a book about how to win at a pandemic in this day and age. People might get the wrong impression. About, um, about yes. yes, pandemic. I, I feel slightly differently about pandemic now <laughs> after the current event. Yeah. Um, it was my intention. Um, I st- I've started to write a book about uh, Kingdom Builder, which is another gateway game that I really love. And it's the game I've played hundreds of times quite recently. Um and I started to write a strategy guide about that as well. Um, but I set myself a target, which I pl- I've been playing it a, a lot on Board Game Arena, you know, the um, the online. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you get a ranking on that. And uh, I promised myself I wasn't going to release a book about Kingdom Builder until I reached a certain ranking on Board Game Arena. And every time I get close to that ranking, I'm playing it several times a week. I'm playing it like 10 times a week. And uh, every time I get close to the to the ranking that I've got in my head that would justify writing a strategy guide, I end up losing to somebody who's playing for the first time. And I get, I get this, 
there's quite a lot of looking Kingdom Builder, and you know if you don't get the cards that you need, you can you can lose badly to somebody yeah. who's who's not as good a player as you. This keeps seem to happen, but as soon as I reach that threshold, then I'm I'm probably going to release uh, a strategy guide to Kingdom Builder. Okay, well, I'll keep my eyes open for that, and uh, yeah, I'll let me know when that uh, that's if that happens, and uh, we'll obviously uh, <laughs> It'll be a happy tell day for me because it means I've achieved my target. <laughs> Your target ranking, yeah. I do still sometimes uh, think about writing um, a volume two of um, um, I forgot what, uh, tabletop tales as well. Yeah, but um, that's a lot of hard work as well. Yeah, I guess editing other people's writing is uh, a different. Um, yes, skill set. It is. It is. It's quite stressful. Um, every now and then, um, there was there was one. Um, there was one writer who was really talented. I thought he was a really, really good writer, but I tried to get him to change a couple of things. And uh, um, I, the book I, I ended up getting for that book, I ended up getting a lot of quite sort of um, um, serious bits of writing. I, I wanted I wanted a few more a few more lighthearted short stories, yeah. and I ended up getting a lot of uh, um, quite quite serious quite depressing almost um uh <laughs> and i tried to get one writer to change the ending to one of his stories because it was really quite funny all the way through and then right at the very end as a sort of curveball he uh he, he killed someone off and oh lovely yeah and i tried to get him to change it <laughs> please <laughs> and he wouldn't he wasn't happy. i mean fair play to him he, he he was right not to do it you know it's his it's his story yeah, yeah. What right have I got to make him change the ending? But for my own selfish reasons, because I I wanted to have some some lighthearted comedies in there, I uh, I tried to get. Them. But anyway, he didn't. Uh, so and that was the right decision, I think. Um, yeah. But yes, I had to deal. I had to to be an editor and, and deal with with writers. And yeah, it was as you say a completely different experience. Okay. Um, are you planning on going to UKG this year? Um, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe it's still a bit. Some people are still a bit um, iffy yeah. about it, and uh, yeah. I mean, I went last year, and I think they did a really good job of um, dealing with the the situation. I think this year's event is going to be a bit more like the uh, the previous ones. So yeah, unless if you're not entirely comfortable, with I might the, do. Uh, I might do. Um, I um, I've only ever been once, and I did enjoy it. Um, but I I don't know whether I having done it once, I wasn't sure whether I. I particularly felt the need to do it again. Um, the main reason I wanted to, to go um, was because the book that I wrote about Carcassonne, I, I wrote with a, um, a co-writer who was one of the sort of Carcassonne, he was the Carcassonne British champion or second second runner-up or something. Uh, and I've never met him. So we spent, we spent half the lockdown emailing each other and bouncing ideas around and uh, having chats and things. And I've never met him in real life. And we keep saying we're going to meet up at one of the conventions, um, but we haven't managed to do it yet so if ever i do go that that'll probably be the main reason who was who is that just out of interest uh dan chard okay yeah okay yeah and very nice fella for what i for, for the way he came across in our <laughs> in our conversations but um yeah i never met him in real life Right. But yes, he was. He, I gather, he was runner up again after we wrote the book. He, he, when I when we originally wrote the book, he was runner up UK uh, Carcassonne, and uh, I gather he was run, runner up again last year. But he's hoping to win next year. Well, you've written, you've written, you've literally written the book, so you should be in that competition as well. Um, well, 
you might think that, but uh, I, my, the main thing I brought to that book was um, sort of jokes and uh, right, okay. background and interviews and writing stuff. Um, most of the and I and beginner strategy. Uh, I like to think I'm very good at writing beginning strategy at Carcassonne. But uh, if I was going to write a, a, a serious strategy guide, I knew I was going to need help Fair for that. So, uh, so I went to Dan, who'd written a lot of other things about Carcassonne over the years. He, he contributed to lots of websites and uh, um, forums and things. So I knew he was a keen Carcassonne player who liked to to write about it. And it didn't take very much persuading to uh, to get him to to write a, to write everything he knew <laughs> about the game basically and and we yeah we released the book together awesome and we shared the proceeds of course i should mention as well oh yes okay final question and and i was read when i was rereading the book i thought i'd better ask you this have you finally taken your carcassonne meeples to carcassonne <laughs> well no because we can't have, oh. i haven't left the country i think since i wrote <laughs> that probably yeah. um i do keep um uh, every year when my wife says, where should we go on holiday this year? I said, oh, Carcassonne looks nice, doesn't it? Don't you think? <laughs> and, um, and she always looks at it and I, I feel I'm close every year, mm. uh, but um, never quite make it. Um, we're going to uh, Yorkshire this year, in fact, actually for a holiday. So that's not quite as um, glamorous, perhaps you might say. I'm sure there were there were board games based in Yorkshire where you can take the pieces along with you and photograph be. yourself in I front of a landmark. Yeah. That... No, I can't. I mean, um, Brass Birmingham, of course, has um, yes, has become big yeah. in the last few years. You're in Birmingham now, aren't you? I think you said. Uh, I'm just north of Birmingham. Actually, yeah. I work in Birmingham, but yeah, I'm just north of Birmingham. Well, I'm just so, south of Birmingham. Yeah. And uh, when I, I I had I got the board out for Brass Birmingham, and uh, I could see it was the board is a map of the the West Midlands. Yeah, yeah. And Birmingham is, is right there. And although the town that I live in isn't actually marked on the map, you can see where it would be. So I was able to point to it. And I felt a little bit like um, playing that game. I felt a, a little bit like somebody must feel if they were in Carcassonne and playing Carcassonne. Yeah, yeah I'm in Warsaw at the moment. So Warsaw, I think Warsaw's on the board. I haven't played. I, do you know what? I backed the Kickstarter, got it, and haven't played it yet. So um, that, that, that was what three, four years ago. Yeah, it was just it was just before the lockdowns happened. I, I got a couple of games in just before lockdown, and uh, and then that was it. I haven't played it since. Um, okay, well, Steve, it's been great to chat with you. Um, if people want to find out more, do you have social media or a website or anything that people can go to, or is um, it just Pop your name into Amazon and, and have a look at all your books on there. Um, yes, uh, certainly Amazon. Um, it should it, you should find it, although it doesn't always come up. And um, there's another Steve D who writes books about the occult, and uh, ah, I think he okay. comes up first. If you if you type that in, that's not me. <laughs> I don't write books about the occult, uh, but if you look hard enough, you you can find it. I also do have a website called Ticket to Carcassonne, which okay. I uh, which is a blog and. Um, uh, I, I did. I did attempt a uh, a running a running joke, a fake a fake news website um, on board games on there for a while, but I eventually ran out of ideas and had to stop doing. Oh, like sort of like the Onion, but for board games. Yes, exactly like the Onion, unless unless their lawyers want to be. <laughs> I think the very first post that I ever wrote, in fact, was um, I've never heard of the Onion. <laughs> or the uh what's the other one the, the daily mash never heard of the daily mash either oh, yeah. um 
Uh, yes, I did steal a few ideas from the Indian, but don't tell them that. Uh, I do have a website, but it's not, um, it's not something I update very regularly. I also have okay, a great. YouTube channel as well that I also don't uh, don't do much on regularly either. Um, but really, if anybody wants to read my books, yeah, just just go to Amazon and search for them. I'll put links to them all on our website on the uh, page for this episode. So anyone listening, just go go to our website and uh, I'll, they'll all be on there. Thank so, you. Uh, Very kind. So yeah. Well, yes, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I wish you all the best in the future. Congratulations on the successful Kickstarter. And uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully running into you at a convention at some point in the future. And uh, if we do, then we'll have to uh, play a game or something. Yeah, sure. As well. That'd be great. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you.